I tell you what, I, I, uh, I've been thinking about this message for, uh, for quite some time, and I, just a lot of things I want to share. And I'm not going to try to be long, and everybody's been reminding me, don't look at the clock. I'm not going to watch the clock. Amen. Amen. But I am going to share what's in my heart. But I do want to say again, guys, it, it is important. I know last week we weren't able to record uh, the message, but uh, the message from last week was vital. It was just a, a, a message saying, hey, why do we come and gather together as the church? We talked about that. And the importance of that, guys, is not for us trying to get right. If we receive Jesus Christ, we are in right standing with God. That's it. But it is about us learning how to operate in the new kingdom that we're in. We've been translated out of the kingdom of, dark, kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And in that kingdom, there are different ways that we operate. There are different laws. There are different rules that we operate by in this new kingdom. And the truth of the matter is most of us are trying to, to take old rules and bring them to the new kingdom. And we're frustrated because things aren't working. All right. And so it's important for us to start to learn from this word what the rules of the new kingdom are. And so I want to just uh, to, tonight, I want to just talk about a prayer that Paul prayed. Can we can we do that now? Since we don't have a, words up on the screen, you got to have your Bibles, pull out your phones, uh, go to your Bible app, not to Facebook or Instagram, unless you're checking in and then you're telling people that you're here at church. Right. And then you're going to get off and you're going to get back to the Bible, right? Amen. Just making sure, you know, it, it, it happens that way. Sometimes you get lost in scrolling and you miss out on what God is saying. But I want to go to Ephesians chapter 1. And here is Paul writing back to Ephesus. And this is on the heels of him making sure they understand because there was so much bad and negativity happening in Ephesus around these people. And he was trying to let them know, hey, look, look, guys, you've got to look different because you're in a different kingdom now. But he also tells them that, listen, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so after he says all of this stuff, he's talking to them and he goes in and he says, this is what happens when I when I pray. And in verse 15, he says, wherefore, I also after I heard of your faith. What do we talk about last was the. The currency of the kingdom. What's the currency of the kingdom? What's the currency of the kingdom? Come on, everybody needs to respond. What's the currency of the kingdom? Okay, we got about two-thirds of you. What's the currency of the kingdom? Amen. All right. And so he says, after I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. So Paul is praying for them. He said, I heard about what's going on. Even though all the junk's happening around you, you guys have been sealed by the Holy Ghost. And I'm hearing about your faith and your love that you're sharing with people, even in the midst of all the mess that's happening. All the racial division, all the economical division, all the different faith division. All the stuff that was swirling around at that time, doesn't that sound like what's happening now? And he said, I still heard of your faith 
and your love uh, that you give to all the saints. He says, I cease not, uh, cease not to give thanks uh, for you making mention of you in my prayers. And that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding great and uh, excuse me exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power i want to pause there stop there and i want to look at this here's paul talking to them now remember this is at a point in paul's life where paul is in in, in prison he's in prison and he's writing back to these people that he has uh, uh, that he has begun a church with. He started the gathering of the saints together in this place. And uh, after he had to leave, he went away and now he's in prison and he's writing back to them. And he's saying, hey, look, the thing that I'm praying for you most is that you would have the spirit of wisdom. That you would have knowledge of God. And the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened to something, to something. Now, when I think about that, I, I, I start to say, you know, when, when nowadays when we're praying, I notice that Paul not once in there prayed for them to have stuff. Now, 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 I'm not saying you can't ask God for things. But nowhere in this prayer is Paul talking about stuff. Stuff. Because the truth of the matter is, if we'll understand some of the things that he's talking about, and I'm going to dig into them, we're going to find out that those things will take care of the rest. But what he prayed for was wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened. Now, the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about the eyes of our understanding, because the thing about it is, is that if we don't know that our eyes of our understanding, I mean, that our understanding has eyes, we're in trouble. Now, I want to show you an example of that. Can we go to, I believe we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 6. Can you guys go there with me? We're going to come back to Ephesians 1, but go to 2 Kings. <clears throat> you got to go Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 6. Let me get there. And the story that's taking place is, is that Elisha, Elisha was the prophet who took over after Elijah got taken up with a chariot of, of fire, right? And Elisha became the new prophet that was there. And Elisha, at this time, there was a Syrian army that was standing against God's people. And Elisha saw everything and heard everything that their, their king intended against the Israelites. And so every time he made a plan against the Israelites, uh, Elijah would tell the king of the Israelites and he would know what to do in order to get out of it. And so this king from Syria was upset. And so he says, tell me what's happening. And, and one of his guys said, hey, there's a prophet down there named Elisha and he hears everything that you say in secret. 
And so he was like, the king's like, hey, let's go kill this guy. We got to get him out of the way if we're going to win this battle. And so what he does is he finds out where Elisha is and he sends an army in the night to encompass around about the city and be able to get in and destroy Elisha. And so when they wake up in the morning, where do I want to begin? Let me see where I want to begin in uh, verse 15. Can we do that? Of chapter 6, I'm sorry. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, said unto Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Hey, man, I need to know what's going on because I'm in this with you, brother, but it doesn't look so good for us. It's a whole city, a whole army uh, 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 surrounding the city, and I'm not sure how we're going to do. Tell me, tell me what we're going to do, man. You, you got a plan. Do you have a plan, Elisha? Do you know what's going on? Do you know that's happening? And Elisha says this to him in verse 16, and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed this. Now, here's the prayer. Remember this prayer. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Now, he's not talking about his natural eyes because his natural eyes saw the army. He's talking about the eyes of his understanding, his spiritual eyes to be open. That's what he's praying in this prayer. And he says this in, 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 in verse 17, that he may see. That's crucial. And Paul prays the same thing about the Ephesians. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Amen? Now, I need us to understand that this piece is crucial, but so often... We go either one, not knowing even that we have eyes of understanding, right? Or two, we do nothing about correcting it. Now, I, I said this as I was driving down the road and thinking about this. I said, you know, God, when anytime that there was anything wrong with my eyes, I immediately went to see a doctor and got corrective measures, whether it was corrective lenses I never did contacts, but I also did LASIK surgery to make sure that I had no problem with my natural eyes. And many of you got glasses on or contacts in or you did LASIK surgery or you just struggle with your eyes anyway. But one of those things, you were willing to do that, but when it comes to our spiritual eyes, we leave ourselves blind or we leave them where there's hazy or haze around them. We're not willing to correct those, and that's something that has to change. And so we see that our eyes 
need to be open, and Paul prayed this. Now, before we go on, let me, can, can we talk a little bit about Paul before we keep going? Because I'm going to touch back on, on that prayer that he prayed. How many of you guys know, know Paul's story? Can we read a little bit about that? Is that okay if we read some? I, I don't ever want to just tell you stuff and not read it to you. I want to show you that the word says it. Is that okay? All right. Let's, let's, go, let's go first to um, Acts chapter 7 and verse 58. Acts chapter 7 and verse 58. Then we're going to read Acts chapter 8, verse uh, 1 through 4. Right behind that. What did I tell you? Acts 7, 58. And this is talking about here in 7 and 58. Uh, Stephen is uh, one of the disciples and Stephen is out and he's sharing the truth with with the high priest. And these guys were angry. OK, and he's telling them the truth. And they're so angry that they decide to stone Stephen for the words that he spoke that were words of truth about Jesus Christ. And in verse 58 of this, which I'm not there, in verse 58, and it says here, oh, let's go to 57. And it says, then they cried out. This is the the, the high priest and the Pharisees cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. This is them running up on Stephen and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Remember that. Okay. Verse uh, chapter eight, verse one through four, we're going to read that. Excuse me, one through three. It says this, and Saul was consenting unto his death. So it wasn't like they just threw him at his feet and he was like, no, don't do it. Stop. That's not what happened. It says here in chapter 8, it says that he was consenting unto Stephen's death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hauling or, or uh, yeah, hauling men and women committed them to prison. Is that what it says? So Saul, this guy Saul, is consenting to Stephen's death, and he is excited about taking Christians to prison. This is Saul. Now, many of you don't know that Saul, just in the the next chapter, is going to meet Jesus. And Saul's going to have an encounter with Jesus. We're going to read that. Is that okay if we read that? And we're just going to read a few verses of that. Let's do that now. Come on, come on. Let me do that before I tell you this so I can keep moving. Uh, Acts chapter 9. Verse one and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he may found, uh, excuse me, that if he found any of this way, meaning following Jesus, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed. 
he came near Damascus and suddenly there shone, shined round about him a light from heaven. Now, before we go on, I want you to think about this. Here's Saul. This, this, is, this is really important. This is really, this part is really, really important. Here is Saul who is consenting to Stephen's death and excited about going to stop these people who are following after this Jesus and bring them to prison and even death. But the piece of this is, is that it wasn't as if he wasn't following after what he thought was right. He was actually following after an old covenant way of saying, here is something new that seems to be going against our God. And Saul, with his natural eyes, thought that he was doing God a service. I want us to stop and just pause for just a minute and start to think about things that we may think are right and justifiable that may not, just may not line up with this. There are many times when I hear Christians begin to say that, you know what, it, 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 it's okay that men lay with men. Because the world is saying so much about that. And it's being placed in our faces at every turn that it's okay for women to lay with women. And we're hearing this on a consistent basis. And I hear Christians who are saying, hey, I, it's not that bad. They, they, they love one another. Isn't love good? How are they hurting you? And here's the, here's the deal. Let me make sure I make this clear. I love people. No matter what their choices may be. But it still does not make what you do right when God says it's wrong. Although my natural eyes may say it's okay. There may be other things that we begin to say are okay because our natural eyes see it that way. If I love them, why can't I be with them? Let's say it's the opposite sex. If I love them, why can't I be with them? Why do we have to worry about being married? My eyes may say it's okay. My natural eyes may say it's okay. Just like Saul, as he persecuted the church, he thought what he was doing He wasn't doing it for a nefarious thing. He was doing it because he thought that's what God was calling him to. Because the eyes of his understanding 
had not yet been enlightened. Here he is. And as they journeyed, as he journeyed, verse 3, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? That's funny, right? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, I, I want to say this. This is important for us to, to see this part. Have you ever wondered what he meant about that? Right? How many of you really understood what he's meaning when he's saying it's hard for you to kick against the pricks? He's not talking about what people may call a prick, this person over here. Right? He's actually talking about the times when the Holy Spirit began to tug at his heart to question what he was doing. When he saw Stephen begin to declare that he saw the heavens open and as the people stoned Stephen for that, that was a prick in his heart. And there were many more pricks that were taking place, but yet he was still running headlong towards what he was to do. I wonder how many of us and how many of other people who are out there who are kicking against the prick that we know something's just not right. Something's just not, just, 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 just off about this. Something I just, can't, I, I just don't really always have peace. When I close my eyes at night, I'm having a struggle with this. I'm struggling with this thing, but yet in the day, I'm running after it. How many of us are finding it hard to kick against the pricks? And here he is here, and he trembling and astonished, <clears throat> said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Then the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth. When his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there, was, excuse me, three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. Hmm. When Saul arose from the earth, when his eyes were open, he saw no man, yet he was blind. He saw no man. Yet he was blind? I thought the whole purpose of being blind was you couldn't see. Why would he see no man? Why would they say that, that he opened his eyes? Because there was a change that had taken place. Different set of eyes had opened. Now, I, want, I, I didn't give this, this background, and I, and I want to not stay on this too long. But, but you got to remember that Saul, the guy that we know now as Paul, Saul studied at the feet 
as some of the, 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 the best teachers at his time of the law. This, this stuff in the front of the book, that's the law. This, this stuff at the front of the book, that's the law. And he studied at the feet of some of the, the best teachers. And yet he still was blind. Here he is, he wakes up or he gets up. He can't see naturally, but he now can see spiritually. And later in life, he writes this again, Ephesians chapter one, and he says this, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his call, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. How many of you really heard what he just said? That he's saying, I pray above all things that you would begin to see who God is and what he is capable of and what he has wrought for you. How many of us, I, I wrote down some things and let me hit these and then I want to jump around. I want to get back to, to Proverbs that, uh, that RJ already read, Proverbs 9, 10, but I also want to read Proverbs 4, 7 as well. But let me ask some questions. See, when we see naturally, there, there are many times that we are looking naturally but miss the spirit behind things because we see improperly. We don't have the eyes of our understanding open. One of the things that Paul is trying to get across to us here is that there are some times when we miss God-given opportunities that look like something else because they look like something else. How many of us miss those opportunities? Let me tell you of one in the Bible. Here's one that I would have missed. Can I be honest with you? I would have missed this one too. The lady, she, she got it. There was a lady, a widow woman, who had a little meal and a little oil, and she was getting ready to make a little bit of bread for her and her son, and she was going to eat it and die. Matter of fact, that's what she told Elijah when he came and said, hey, you got any food? The lady said, yeah, I got a little oil and a little uh, flour, a meal. I'm going to make a cake for me and my son, just a little one. We're going to eat that, and then we're dying because we ain't got nothing else. And he says, hey, don't worry. Go make me some first. I'd have been like, Joker, you out your dog on mine. What's wrong with you? You know, I'm going to feed you my food. We ain't got nothing. I don't know you. I'd have missed it. I'd have missed it. I wonder how many, for you, those of you who don't know the story, she went and made some for him first. And guess what? They never ran out of food throughout the whole family. They still had food because she obeyed. She didn't miss God. Now, me, I would have missed it. 
I wonder how many things are happening in your life that God is presenting to you. But because it's not the way, it doesn't seem like it's going to benefit you. you. You're missing out on how God is trying to bless you. Can I tell you one way that we all struggle with how God, just, just can I make it real for you? See, right now, it may not be as real. You may be imagining, no, I would always serve the Lord. Whatever he said do, I would do. Yeah, you may be thinking that, right? Yeah, that, that happens to all of us when we're in church. We just, ah, I bet so. But when the offering plate comes by and he's told you that that's my legal way to bless you and you watch it go by and be mad that they gave the, they passed the plate by and God's saying, I'm giving you opportunity. You've been asking me to bless you and this is my legal way to bless you. I am upright. And I cannot do for you what I, can, what I will not do for someone else. I've set a law in motion that seed, time, and harvest will remain. So if you're not willing to sow, you should never expect a harvest. But can I tell you something else? Can I tell you something else? Here, here's the kicker of that. Some of us give, but it's not what he asked us to give. We just drop something in to appease our own selves. When he said, give me first the tithe. Uh-oh, y'all quiet now. But that's, listen, listen, it's my job to tell you the truth. Because the eyes of your understanding have to be open. Or else you're going to continue to pass it by and you're going to continue to wonder why there are some people who are increasing and you are not and now you're mad at God, and it has nothing to do with him. It has to do with your selfish self that won't listen. Uh-oh, passed it too hard on you guys. But I have to tell you the truth, because that's where we live, is that he's giving you opportunities, and that's just one. How many more is he laying before you that because it doesn't fit your bill. Your natural eyes cannot perceive it. You miss what he's doing because the eyes of your understanding aren't enlightened. That's a struggle. Next one, next one. How about this? How about this? What about this? When we get angry, when things don't work out the way we thought they should or we wanted them to. It just didn't work out the way I thought it should. I, I prayed for this, and it seems like every door closed. Things got worse when I prayed, and it just didn't work. How many of us ever felt that way? You ever felt that way? You prayed, and you're like, yeah, it just, it just didn't work. Why, God? I did what you said. Oh. And we mad at him. Because it didn't work out. Let me let me let me tell you this. Do you remember that story? I, and this is a this is a, a a story that I think you can understand. Balaam was sent by Balak. He was a he was this this guy that was sent by Balak, a king, to go and curse the Israelites. And he was on his way to curse the Israelites. And he was there. And all of a sudden, his donkey just laid down in the road and wouldn't go. And he's like. 
What's wrong with you? You better get your wind up, man. He smacked the donkey, and the donkey wouldn't go. Then he hits the donkey harder and says, go! And then God does something that I always love, and I always remember this. I always remember this. He loosed the tongue of the donkey and allowed the donkey to say something to him. That would have gotten my attention, first thing. I didn't need to see nothing else, man. He loosed the tongue of the donkey, and he, the donkey says to him, don't you see the angel standing ahead with the flaming sword ready to kill you if you continue to go? And then God opens his eyes, and he sees that the donkey that he was smiting and cursing and angry with was, was working for his good. How many things did God, how many doors has God closed for you? How many times has God put a car that drives so slow, oh Lord, I remember this, I need that. They drive so slow and you want to cuss them out. You don't. You don't because you got Jesus on the inside, but you want to cuss them out. You want to, you want, I told my kids this one time, I said, I wish I had this little thing that could just scoop the car up and put them over to the side or bump them out of the way so I can get going where I wanted to go. And God said to me one day when I was thinking that, he said, Kenneth, do you really want me to move them out of the way? And, I, and the, my first response was yes. And as I was saying it, just on the inside, some said, don't say that. And I said, well, I do, but I, no, no. Reveal to me what you're doing. And he said, right up ahead is waiting for you. The enemy is waiting for you to cause an accident. There's a car that's out of control coming around the corner. And sure enough, sure enough, when I stayed behind the car, I had an opportunity to move. And a car comes out, doesn't stop for the stop sign, doesn't do anything, just comes out, comes across all three lanes and swerves back in, hits a rail, spins around, and then takes off driving. And God says to me, that's what I'm trying to do for you, son. I'm trying to protect you, and you're fighting me. Don't you trust me? And I said, I do. <laughs> I just wanted to go faster. <laughs> and that was true. I, I did. I always trust God. But I wanted my way. Because the eyes of my understanding weren't open. How many times are we cursing God because he's shutting things down to protect you? And we're fighting and we're kicking and we're screaming and we want to leave the church and we want to forget about God and we want to just say forget it all. God doesn't work. You know how many people have left that I've seen say that and I go, no, that's not true. He's working for your good always. What about this? You hear something, but you can't connect to it. It's, it's something that you hear 
in, in service and, and everyone is a, in agreement, but you're there and you hear it the same way they hear it or you think you hear it the same way they hear it and you just can't connect and you want it to be said differently. You just can't agree with it. God said to me about that one when he was saying to me, he said, he said, Judas was in every single meeting of the people. He was behind every scene. He was in every closed door. He was almost at every time that Jesus prayed or did anything, almost. Sometimes he only took Peter, James, and John. But in most of those, and uh, Judas just could not receive it. He just couldn't hear what he was saying. He expected Jesus to do it differently, and I can't get down with how he's doing. I wonder how many of us come into this place and we hear the truth, and yet we just can't connect with it. We're sitting in the same place that other people who are building their faith are sitting and they're hearing the same word, we're hearing the same word and we're, we're, we're trying to gain the same information but yet it's just not connecting the same way. That's another sign that the eyes of our understanding need to be in light. Last one, last one. Then I need to expound some things and then I promise that's it. Then look at the clock and close my eyes from that. When you see yourself improperly, how many of us see ourselves improperly? You ever been afraid to reach out for something because you thought you weren't good enough for it? I can tell you the truth about that. Uh, for, for a long time, there were things um, that I was afraid to reach for because I just couldn't see myself in that position. That's me personally. I'm not saying that has to be you. But have you ever seen yourself improperly? You felt like you weren't worthy enough for God to move for you? You failed too many times. You messed it up too much. Or you didn't do it right. I didn't pray, didn't pray enough yesterday or I missed my reading. You ever felt that way? And you see yourself improperly. And that stops you from understanding, number one, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But number two, that you're created in God's own image after his likeness. That God has designed you. And once you've received Jesus, you are shaped in righteousness. Why would anything stop me from receiving all that God has for me. Maybe it's because the eyes of my understanding aren't enlightened to know what is the hope of his calling. What has he called me to? And what joy is in that? And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Did you know that there are riches in Christ Jesus for you? And I don't just mean money riches. There are other riches 
Did, did you know that? I tell my students every single day, or not every single day, but I tell them, what do I say, Nia? Do I say, that there are any stupid kids in my class? No, what do they have? Thank you. She's in my class, I'm sorry. I put her on the spot. But I tell them, you all have the mind of Christ. That's one of the riches of the inheritance in the saints. You have the mind of Christ. Is Christ dumb? Is there anything that Christ can't learn? Is there anything that Christ can't understand? No. But you miss it because the eyes of your understanding are And you live far beneath it. And I hear so many times people say, I can't do this or, or I don't know how to do this. Or guess what? Yeah, I, I get it. You may not naturally know how to do it, but you're capable of learning. You're capable of it because that's what is a part of the riches of the inheritance and the saints. And I love this. And what is the exceeding? I love this. The exceeding greatness of his power. Guess to who? To us. Who believe? according to the working of his mighty power. But listen to this. Did you hear the end of that? Did you hear what he said? The exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Everything that I've said tonight, everything that I've said tonight, uh, and, and I'm not finished, man, I got to talk about a little bit more, but everything that I've said tonight is true. Some of you, guess what? Some of you heard part of it. Some of you heard a little bit of it. Some of you heard none of it. You're ready to like, dog, man, I'm ready to go. Fast when are you going to shut up, please? That's fine. I'm not mad wherever you fall into that. But the truth of the matter is that only if you believe what I'm saying. If, thank you, Father. If only you believe what he is saying. What he is saying. Will you see the exceeding greatness of his power to you, Wood? To us, Wood? See, the, the, the Bible says this, and this is where I want to go. Proverbs 4 and 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, when you get wisdom, get understanding too. Now, see, wisdom is this. Wisdom is knowledge that knows how to be put into action. Okay? That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowledge that you've learned how to put into action and you've gained some understanding behind. But listen to this. What, what R.J. read earlier, which brought a, a chuckle to me when he said, I, God dealt with me about this scripture, and I was like, yep, I know he did, because I'm talking about that tonight. Proverbs 9.10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that wisdom. It's not till we learn how to honor God and reverence God and be able to say, God, you are all. That's the beginning of wisdom. And then he says, and the knowledge of who? The Holy One. The more I get to know Jesus, the more I get to know Jesus, who is Jesus, the word made flesh. The more I get to know Jesus, the more understanding I have. 
That's how my eyes and my understanding are enlightened. Saul saw Jesus and his eyes were open. Listen to this. Saul, I want you to see what happens when your eyes get open. Saul went from persecuting the church to the same guy who was doing what he thought was right. He was following after the God, after God, this Old Testament God here. Same one. But he missed the new piece of information that Jesus came and was revealing. And because he missed it, he was living in that old way, persecuting Christians. And as soon as the eyes of his understanding were enlightened, this guy sets out. The first thing he does is he evangelizes the whole town that he's in. So much so that they that the people that were around, the ones that didn't get uh, say kicked him out of town. Then he, more than anyone else, writes what we read today. He writes the majority of the New Testament after the eyes of his understanding are enlightened. He goes from blind and persecuting Christians to his eyes being open and writing most of what we read today. Imagine what God may have for you if your eyes were opened. Right? Imagine what he might have for you if the eyes of your understanding were open. Maybe you could see what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, us words. The inheritance, the riches of his inheritance, I should say. Maybe you could see those things. Maybe you no longer be lost and wondering, what am I supposed to do? You know the hope. Now, the message that I just preached to you is a foundational paradigm kind of shifting message. If you get it, your life will be changed and you'll never be the same. If you miss it, you'll continue living the way you were. Doesn't mean you'll miss, uh, uh, miss heaven. Doesn't mean you're going to miss heaven. But it does mean you're going to miss out on the riches of the inheritance of the saints. You'll miss out on what's the exceeding greatness of his power because your eyes will be shut and you'll still be looking through natural eyes. Don't miss what pastor's saying. But guess what it begins with? Can I tell you the truth? It begins with this, the fear of the Lord. If you have no reverence for God, if you can take a leaving, going to be in the same boat next year. going to be the same position. going to be just as grumpy, just as mean, just as broke, just as sick, just as weird. I do that one. You'll be just the same with no change. While those who get this, they'll see life change. God began to deal with me. He said, Kenneth, he said, the reason why this message came about is he was talking to me first. He said, Kenneth, your eyes aren't always open to see. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, the eyes of your understanding aren't open. The eyes of your faith aren't always open. You switch back and forth between natural and, and spiritual, and you're constantly staying more in the, in the natural. That's why you're always worried about stuff. 
why you're always scared about things. You think that's easy for me to admit? Right? My parents taught me, well, I shouldn't say my parents, my father taught me to fear. My mother taught me to have fear of the Lord. My father taught me to have natural fear. So I was stuck between the two. And I flip-flopped between the two because I heard my dad's voice sometimes. I heard my mom's voice sometimes. My mom was the one who said, go do it, buddy. You can do it. Go, go, baby, go. My dad was like, hey, 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 are you sure, son? Are you sure? You know, what you ought to do is, this, this might be the best way to handle that. And so I was caught between those two, and I stayed between them. And God had to arrest me just recently because I had allowed my dad's voice to be louder. Can I, 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 I just, I'm just realizing this piece, that, that the, 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 my, my mother's voice, the one that was like, go, was the one that brought me here, not knowing anyone, just packing up and leaving and moving out here, right? Because God said, go. No jobs, no, no nothing, no money, just coming. Because God said, come. And my dad's voice said when we got here, boy, what you done? <laughs> what, what, you, what you done? And especially after the first service we had and nobody came, zero people, well, I take that back. Karsten, Kai, and Shirley came. Those are my kids, if you don't know. And my wife. No one came. Nobody came, and 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 nobody came. And then there were times when Shirley said, I'm not coming. I'm not even coming downstairs. I don't want to hear you preach. <laughs> I'm staying upstairs. You will have a church without me today. Okay, okay. Boys, y'all coming. I ain't y'all coming. <laughs> y'all ain't got no choice. Your mama got a choice. Y'all ain't got one. There were many days like that, and there were many times I heard my dad overwhelmingly saying to me, are you sure? Now, he wasn't naturally saying that to me. I just was hearing it on the inside. And I found myself doing that again, and God had to arrest me and say, Kenneth, you can't live that way. You need the eyes of your saying the same thing to you. You need the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. He said it all. Let me read the prayer one more time then, then we'll, we'll dismiss. Paul said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities 
and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And he goes on and he talks more about that and continues on. But I want you to understand that should be your goal. How many of you are tired of being blind? How many want the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened? Now it's time to get your glasses or just get corrective lenses or LASIK surgery, however you want to put it, but get into this to get the fear of the Lord you're getting get understanding let's pray father i thank you oh for your faithfulness for your mercy for your grace father that that in this case here we are here we are father talking about the eyes of our understanding and then father god we move on to the eyes of our faith but father i thank you that your word did not fall on deaf ears it didn't fall in the position of 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 being on stony ground but it's falling onto good fertile ground and it's growing up into a harvest father god that lives may be changed forever for your glory that your kingdom may be advanced that that they may grow up into you into the fullness of you and we thank you for this father we thank you that that we understand that your standard is perfection and because of sin we all miss that we miss that mark because everyone falls prey to sin but you didn't leave us there father god you sent your son jesus and jesus himself dealt with sin once and for all and he left us with the opportunity to make a choice to receive what jesus had done with every head bow, every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, hey, look, they're, 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 I'm here. And I understand that, man, my life has been shambles. It's been a mess, a mess. And I'm going to commit my life to Jesus today. I want to receive what Jesus has done for me to set me in the way of perfection hidden in Christ, of righteousness hidden in Christ you say you know what whether I didn't know Jesus ever I've never received Jesus as my Lord and Savior or I have received him but I've been living far beneath it I want to come back to him and I want to set things in order today today is your day with every head bow every eye closed if that's you all I want you to do is slip up your hand we're going to pray for you and with you if that's you just slip your hand right up and say I need Jesus I need my life to be changed today. Hallelujah. Is there anyone that would be brave enough to say, I need Jesus? Hallelujah. But there's also one more prayer that I want to say, and I, and I, and I pray that, that everyone would be bold in this one. That you say this, you say, hey, I today am saying I'm in need of my eyes being open, God, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. I need them to be open, and I trust you to do so and to give me the grace 
for that. If that's you, I want you to stand up right now to your feet. There you go. Stand up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Father, I thank you for those that are standing that say, I desire the eyes of my understanding to be enlightened. I receive what Jesus has done. Father, I thank you for them. I thank you, Father God, that you do exactly what you said you would do. You open the eyes of their understanding, Father God, that you would give them the spirit of wisdom that they may know, that they may know you. And so, Father, I thank you for each one. And I thank you that you do it so quickly and so, so, so succinctly that they know, they know right away, they know right away, hey, something has changed on the inside of me and I'm going after Jesus with everything that's in me. That I will be the, I will be the one that walks with my eyes open and I will walk into what you called me to do, Father God. And I will do it boldly. So, Father, I'm standing as well with them, Father. Hallelujah. So, Father, I thank you for them. And if, if, if you agree, say, I receive this in Jesus' name. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say this last thing, guys. Uh, well, again, I, I want you to be encouraged uh, to, uh, to, to, to read your word. But I also want you to be encouraged to remember that you are the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to remember that. I want you to, to remember that you're learning about a new kingdom. You're walking in. And then I want you to do another favor. I want you to remember that there are people around you every day that are walking in darkness and they need your light, the light of Jesus Christ to shine through you to share with them about who he is. Don't hide your Shine your light. Shine your light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Amen? Amen.